unwritten imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Unwritten Imaginings is now available in night mode. I'm not entirely sure what you mean by night mode in this case. Does it suddenly go darker? And all of our stuff is set in black anyway, so except on the sites where we don't have control over that, so that's a little bit confusing. It's night mode specifically refers to when they, like, you know, do the pseudoscience where they lower the, the relative amount of blue light coming in, so then they're like, it won't affect you going to sleep by stimulating your, oh, what's that area of your brain called that controls your circadian rhythm? Oh no, I forgot. Anyways, Google circadian rhythm if uh, you're interested in figuring that out. Uh, I can't say that that's information that I ever knew the answer to, so unfortunately I can't help you here. But, uh, you know, it's not just dark mode, because dark mode sometimes still has quite bright whites along with the black. It's supposed to be Yeah, I don't really know why they do that. Yeah, I don't know. It it, it hurts my eyes even more, because your pupils dilate, because it's mainly black. But then the white part just is like, stab, stab! (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah. All we need to do is darken the entire screen, and then it's very normal. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was a joke. We do have a dark uh, color theme on our website, but the blue's not specifically toned down. Yeah. That's certainly one way to approach that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to look up the part of the brain at the same time that I talk, and I, as many people may know, I'm really bad at multitasking. Um... It feels like perhaps if somebody's going to be looking things up mid-episode, it should probably be me. Yeah, but like, you don't even know which word I'm looking for. I know you described what word you were looking for. You know what? We're gonna move on. Some some kind of optic... Okay, anyways. Yeah, moving on. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternosaurus. And I'm really bad at multitasking. <laughs> I'm Atheo, author of uh, Rune and Metagame, and I'm actually pretty good at multitasking. I just, you know, usually don't do it because it makes people think I'm rude. Well, when you say usually you don't do it, it's where you don't do it when people can see you. That's true. Yeah. But we all know that you're also currently listening to, like, a podcast or some shit at eight times speed. (laughs) Excuse me? <laughs> no, while we're recording. I'm just reading. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyways, uh, today is my idea uh, to bring to the, the drawing board. And I came up with it while I was playing Super Smash Brothers. Um, and, and not like in a really creative way. I just thought it would be fun if we had a world where like you could turn off friendly fire for your team members <laughs> and, and uh, go into how that would affect combat. <laughs> okay, is that the only change? Well, I mean, you know, like you, we could, you could make it more Super Smash Brothers themed if we want. Or just have some kind of magic system and fantasy elements. Or make a sci-fi or whatever. I mean, I'd fully be down for a weird sort of sci-fi universe where that was, in fact, the only change. 
it's like, yeah, you, you can use grenades right next to your partner now. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, you got, we all gotta decide on, like, how the friendly fire thing works. Is it just, like, anytime you decide someone's an ally? Or is it, like, no, you guys both gotta wear matching devices that you engraft into your neural network and it's permanent. I would think that it's just like when you believe somebody to be an ally, maybe not when you believe, maybe when you and another person believe yourselves to be allied, then you can't hurt each other. Well, how does that, if we're going to make a sci-fi, how would that work? What do you mean? Like, is your, does your... No, it's just a rule of the universe. Nobody's been able to figure out why. Wait, we can't do we can't do hand waving like that in a sci-fi universe. We absolutely no, can. <laughs> no, 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 no. It has to be a device or a pseudo technology. And and like I thought it would be really funny, for instance, if like two people who are like immune to each other's fire subsequently became enemies, but they couldn't hurt each other. <laughs> I mean, that would be funny, but it also does not bode well for the long-term survival of, like, this as a concept? It's still really useful, so I think people would still do it. You just gotta be careful. It's still useful, but it means that any time that, like, a civil war or something like that happened, you would need to cure it out through proxies? Yeah, well, I mean, I figure, like, if two people who have this, like, friendly fire thing turn off for each other end up opposing each other, like, the most that they could do is, like, start wrestling. Like, at the end, it just devolves down to just physically restraining the other person without hurting them. <laughs> wrestling doesn't always not hurt. Well, I mean, yes, that's true, too. But it would be the, the non-painful version of wrestling. A very limited moveset. Um, <laughs> it was just like, you got like ultra sophisticated and deadly weapons, but in the end, it's like none of them work. Well, I mean, as part of this, it would almost certainly be the case that um, you'd have a lot of less than lethal, like, restraint methods that are pretty common in this world. Yeah. Just as a consequence of this. Apparently, inability to undesignate somebody as an ally. Well, I mean, I think it would be used very sparingly, right? It's not like the average citizen of the empire slash republic slash corporation is gonna have this, right? It's gonna be people very carefully choosing to do this with people they trust in law enforcement. I mean, and some... as far as it goes, maybe, but like, depending on how distinct you can get with your ally designation. I mean, if you could designate allies for the purposes of, of this as, like, people who haven't broken this set of laws, then you could reasonably put that on, like, law enforcement and have a fairly reasonable ability to not hurt random civilians for no reason. Oh, that would be fun. It'd be like, if you do certain crimes, you get your friendly fire turned off and then they could just like bomb a whole city just to get rid of a few terrorists <laughs> and everyone else will be fine non-lethal bombings <laughs> <laughs> like you know just like you can suddenly use area of effect attacks very discriminately <laughs> 
I don't, I don't really know how that works for like buildings and inanimate objects, though. I would say that the buildings are not safe, and that that's why you're not gonna want to bomb a city. <laughs> I don't know. Some kind of rays. Like I don't. I don't really know how. Like how it makes you invincible to friendly fire. Cause like, well, what if there are people in the buildings and they would get hit by falling debris and then get hurt? Does that negate that? I mean, no, that's why you don't blow up the building. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I guess what they would do is, like, go through the city and just shoot everyone and see who dies. <laughs> that would work. You could also gas attack it. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Something that's horrifying <laughs> and also very, very funny. Hey, I mean, you know, like, this is a world where they could play laser tag with real guns. Like... <laughs> Yeah? <laughs> it really helps for the training missions, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. No, that was a real, like, the, the heft and the weight and the recoil, it's all real. What does it feel like if you get shot by someone where the friendly fire is turned off? I mean, I feel like it would essentially feel like getting tapped with a warm bullet. It's like, it's like a tingle. It's like, ooh, that, that tickles. <laughs> Pretty much. Probably like mildly unpleasant, you know, like having your foot fall asleep. <laughs> I don't think it would be super pleasant, but I also don't think that like, because if you get like a light burn, that counts as harm, and then that counts as friendly fire, so it's no longer allowed. Yeah. No, no, it's more of a, of a tingle. But like, you know, not, people wouldn't choose to like feel that all the time if they didn't have to. But it's like not, certainly not debilitating in any way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, we have a world that's extremely strange to look at from the outside. We go vaguely sci-fi as in technology has developed in a different direction more than technology is, like, super more advanced than we have right now. Other than this invincibility-friendly fire thing, which seems hella advanced. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, you know, somebody just figured that out and then they implemented it and then they destroyed their notes because, you know, getting the information to be able to do this to the governments of the world would also mean that they would know how to turn it off, which is just not allowed. I mean, who does control turning it on or off? I think that it's the person who... I think that it would be up to the perceptions of the person who would be receiving the damage if we wanted it to be really safe and up to the perceptions of the person who's dealing the damage if we wanted it to be less safe. Mm. So if you genuinely believe that you're an ally of the person who's attacking, then it won't work? Yeah, that's the safe version. I guess, yeah, I guess people can't really, like, lie to themselves about that-ish. I mean, it would protect you from a surprise attack, but probably not much more than that. Or it's like, you know, what if you, you like, don't know the other person at all, but it's like, well, I'm assuming we're allies, maybe. No. I mean, at least personally, I assume a random person that I'm meeting is neutral. Okay. Then that, I don't know. It's like, 
we have to decide yeah the scale on uh, on which this this technology works because that very very strongly influences the structure of society because it was just like there's just this omnipresent floating around phenomenon where your allies can't do damage to you that's different from you have to register with the organization and that's different from this protects the citizens of the country that it was invented in I would make it just like a floating omnipresent thing because that way it has the most effect on things and it's also the most interesting okay so some weird eccentric just released some kind of weird floaty Maybe not even a weird eccentric, just somebody who was working for the government and then like, you know, got all the way through their research and then was like, oh, this is entirely too dangerous to put in the hands of my bosses. And there's like, we'll just make it free for everybody. Exactly. And something about nanobots that go around rewriting. If that's how you want a techno battle, <laughs> yeah. Phenomena. And it's very weird because it's just... Negates damage where there are people involved, somehow. Look, protecting buildings and figuring out which buildings were meant to be demolished and which ones weren't meant to be demolished is much too complicated. Okay, you say so. I feel like it's like less complicated than people figuring out who their allies are. <laughs> okay. Ultimately, yes, but we just pretend otherwise because it's much simpler that way. Okay, how... how that or the nanobots only really survive in, like, living beings? Mm. So it's not that you don't get the damage, it's that the nanobots just repair it so quickly that all you feel is a tingle. <laughs> or that you don't get it, like, they form a barrier on the outside of your skin that only, like, hardens when it's gonna be hit by something. Stuff like that. Okay, but they can also deal with, like, noxious gases. Gas, yeah. And... Look, it's very complicated, and the only person who understood it is now dead, so... Why did that person die? I'm assuming they probably killed themselves to keep the information outside of the knowledge of the people who would use it for bad stuff. Whoa, that's extreme. <laughs> is it extreme? I mean, certainly by my standards, where nobody dies in any of my stories, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, we could just say I mean, I guess. they died peacefully of old age and this technology is a hundred years old. <laughs> That's also technically an option. <laughs> or they died of quote unquote old age. <laughs> and we don't talk about it. <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm imagining like there's an adjustment period at the beginning where it's like People are, are realizing, like, you know, that classic hostage situation where, like, you're using the person in front of you as a shield. Like, that that doesn't work anymore, because they can shoot right through the hostage, so it's fine. Like... <laughs> ah, yes, the hostage. You realize that they're literally just a physical impediment, right? I mean, you, like, you can still threaten the hostage with the gun to their head, but it's, you know, rather than waiting for you to spew your threats, people would probably just... Kill, Toss you, a grenade. Kill, kill you quickly, yeah. And like, not not even, like, they wouldn't just use like the puny little rounds that, you know, don't travel far and don't like go off hitting other people because they can use the big guns now. <laughs> because no friendly exactly. fire! <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, what's the story about? Um, 
I'm not really sure. <laughs> are, we, are we gonna do fighting? It's an interesting backdrop for certain, but I'm not 100% certain what we're trying to do here. <laughs> Let's make it a political intrigue. Okay. <laughs> it's a joke because I could never write political intrigue because my brain's like, why can't we all just stop being stupid and just do things the logical way? And then the answer is because stupid. Um, <laughs> That's not actually the answer. <laughs> well, ideologies is... Ideologies and people who are self-serving more than they are serving logic. Yeah, I just kind of lump that all under stupid, but you know, I guess other people don't. Um. <laughs> you would be extremely smart at being self-serving. Yeah, you can. But in the end, it probably won't turn out well. I mean, I guess for a, a few people it turns out well. I feel like most of the time it doesn't turn out well, not worth it. Most of the time it doesn't turn out well, but you know, they've got a good 20-30 years before then. And it's like, does having all of this corrupt power really make you happy? I don't think so. It just makes you paranoid that other people are gonna murder you, and then eventually they do. Like... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. So like... Again, like I said, 20-30 to 30 years. Maybe... Somebody... Like, is there a way to manipulate the system to just be immune to attacks from people who aren't even your allies? Because that would be an easy way to become dictator for life. I think for most people the answer is no. You'd have to have some brain issues for that to be yes. Oh, do we have one of those weirdos with aberrant patterns where they can both believe someone's an ally and want to kill them without feeling there's a conflict in their thoughts. That would be certainly possible to do, and one of the exceptions, I would think. Okay. Yeah, if this, this whole thing is, like, based on who you consider an ally, then... It's like, everybody's my ally. That's why I need to kill them now before they turn on me. But, yeah. It's like, there are rare individuals for whom they can make it so they're immune to the other person's attacks, but they their attacks still work. We'll give them some kind of dumb name, like the Aberrant. <laughs> oh man. I mean, if we really wanted to tell an absolutely ridiculous story, then we could go with having one Aberrant as our uh, protagonist and one Aberrant as as the target, and you know, our main character is an assassin. Possibly for hire, possibly just, you know, doing their thing. For justice. <laughs> you know, assassinations aren't always self-starting. <laughs> okay, so maybe one of these aberrant people is like, I'm gonna use this power for my own good. And then our main character is like, no, I'm gonna use my power for the good, the greater good, and then they're like, uh, you know, what do you call it, foils to each other. <laughs> exactly, narrative foils. Who doesn't like a good set of narrative foils? <laughs> and you know, they have like weird parallels in their lives other than their 
aberrancy status, but they decided- Almost like having parallels in your life causes you to develop in similar ways. But they decided to go very different ways from that similar beginning. And it's a story about choice and ethics and stuff. And how even if you're totally fucked up in the head, you can still be a good person. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Um, and, you know, they have allies, you know, there's like the evil empire dictator side and then there's the don't, uh, or like there's like the legacy of the person who invented this technology who is trying to return it to what it was meant to be and not a facilitating a dictatorship way. Facilitating a dictatorship is, is always, you know, usually a bad thing. Yeah, especially if you don't do it on purpose. It's like, oops, I facilitated a dictatorship. That's usually, I, I, I actually, I'm just going to say that's always bad. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oops, what a serendipitous outcome. <laughs> you know, there were some dictatorships that did turn out better than the alternative. Well, I mean, yeah. Not many. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could come up with some kind of messed up situation where I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess accidentally facilitating this dictatorship was the best outcome, but like... Well, I'm more talking about historical examples. Uh, but, um, you know, let's just say that's like not the case in this case, or... It's not usually the case, it's not the case in this particular instance. So, they have to... I don't know, come up with creative ways to kill each other that aren't killing each other directly. Creative? Actually, that would be extremely entertaining to watch, like, essentially two assassins go at it in a way where neither of them can do anything lethal. Right. You know, you could go indirect, like, if somebody brings a bee into the room and you have an anaphylactic uh, reaction to a bee sting, like, that's... I don't think Friendly Fire can stop that. You know? Well, yeah, because there's another um, being in between the person who started it and the person who received it. Or, like, if you, like, manipulate someone's stay in a city to coincide with a natural disaster of a large scale, like, you know, can't protect you against a tsunami. Yeah, but then you'd have to predict a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's not impossible. It's a complicated set of, uh... <laughs> it's a complicated set of instructions that we gotta carry out here to finish our assassination. Or like, you know, maybe manipulate the other person's psyche to see that someone's clearly an enemy. Even if they're normally able to double think. Or... Replace some of their spices with poisons that only work when mixed together so that they have to mix it together so that they have to poison themselves which doesn't count as friendly fire counts as suicide or you know like i don't know just put way too much caffeine into their morning coffee i don't know like are we saying the amount of caffeine you would need to be lethal is utterly ludicrous no no it is ludicrous in terms of how many cups of coffee would be in terms of amount, is like a couple of grams would kill you. Like it's like nothing. There's actually a couple of grams is still pretty extreme. I mean, like there there are 
there's more than one instance of people who buy like pure caffeine and then they don't look at like what a ridiculous tiny amount you're supposed to put in and then they put in like a tablespoon into their morning smoothie and then they get an arrhythmia and die because their heart just <laughs> A tablespoon? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like I saw this on the news, and I'm like, shouldn't the bottle have like warning, like that caffeine is dosed in micrograms and not grams? Like, no, okay, this doesn't seem safe. But I guess only. Why would you put a tablespoon? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, like they just treated it like a what? What do you call it? like smoothie, like protein mix? You know, you just put like a scoop into your morning smoothie, and, you're just no. like, and then they die. Why? <laughs> why are people like this? It's you know. Why are people selling caffeine in, in such large quantities? Like, I don't think you should be able to buy pure caffeine powder, right? Because, like, if you buy caffeine tablets, and it's like, okay, eat one. <laughs> powder is like, use as, dose as needed. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, go ahead and not do that. Yeah, guys, don't buy caffeine powder and just add it to things. Don't, don't do it. Um... <laughs> That's our public service announcement of the day. Um, but yeah, very easy to kill someone with caffeine. Very easy. <laughs> and is it tasteless? Uh, I think it might be like somewhat bitter, but like it's not the main bitter compound in coffee. Um, and certainly if you put it in something like coffee, you probably wouldn't notice. Okay. I mean, not. I've never tried pure caffeine powder. Okay, I've only I've only taken the pills, and they taste like nothing because you just swallowed them. Um. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a mistake to me. It, oh, it was. It was. <laughs> um, but yeah, like making them make that kind of mistake is not is not. Although, if you tried to poison them like that, that would count. Would it? So no longer. Yeah. Unless you trick them into poisoning themselves. Like, replace their sugar with pure caffeine powder. Yeah. Or just, like, you know, like, let's say they take some kind of supplement and you just swap it out for a powder that has the same compound but a thousand times more concentrated so they put the same volume in and BAM! Overdose. <laughs> that would do it. Because, you know... Most stuff in in tablets are is just filler powder to make sure the pills aren't too small to pick up. That is something I'm well aware of. Except for like you know like the salmon oil or those omega three stuff. No, that's just oil. <laughs> uh, what am I talking about? Supplements? I don't know why I'm talking about supplements. Guys, don't buy supplements. They're just trying to like cheat you of money to make you feel like you're being healthy. Just eat vegetables. Okay, public service announcement over. Um, PSA, eat right? <laughs> yes. Eat more vegetables. Um, yeah. What are other ways to indirectly kill someone? Um, uh, make sure they get cancer. Demolish building? How would this technology, like, inactivate poisons, but not protect you from chunks of falling building? Like... If you blew it up. Like, that that doesn't seem right. I think you would just need to intend to just blow the building up, 
and then they would need to wander into it. Because if you blew the building up with the intent of killing them, I think that it would protect you from that. I feel like this technology seems to be, like, less less sci-fi and more magical in the way that it just decides what counts and what doesn't count. Well, yeah, exactly. It's operating on a set of rules that very few people understand. I.e. nobody understands, including us. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, nobody in the world truly understands it either. They're just trying to go around the outside. Okay. Um, what else? Yeah, maybe you. J- if we, like, just encourage this person's smoking habit, they'll just get cancer. It'll take a while, though. Success! <laughs> um, what are other ways to kill someone indirectly? I don't know, just make the world hazardous and accident-prone? Like, the road conditions deteriorate? What happens if you, like, destroy the brakes on someone's car? Does the system kick in? That doesn't seem like it should be covered under friendly fire. I don't think that would be covered. Okay. So, you know, it's all about tricking the system. (laughs) So... The sneakier and more indirect it is, the more likely it is to work. Which honestly is like, that's like going sneaky and indirect is normal for political assassinations anyways. I don't think that it needs to be sneaky and indirect. I think the thing that it needs to do is require somebody else or something else to make a decision that causes the thing to happen. Like for instance... If you send someone to go wild mushroom picking who is inexperienced and they pick, you know, for instance, a death cat mushroom instead of your harmless other white button crap and then they feed it to the person, then they'll die. But if they knew that it was a poisonous mushroom, it wouldn't die? I think that they wouldn't die no matter what. Really? Even if it was an honest mistake? That doesn't make any sense. Even if it was an honest mistake. But if they... Because the decision was made by somebody who counts as an ally. Uh, I don't know. It's complicated. It is complicated. Okay, well, we can... And you can have fun exploring the consequences of that complication. Wait, uh, yeah, I guess we can let whoever writes this decide what they consider friendly fire or not. And tailor their violence accordingly flash yeah flash sneakiness plus this way you can have absolutely insane set pieces of things blowing up without having you know collateral damage be an actual consideration yeah i mean physical collateral damage still not great but like you're not killing people so that's good i don't know yeah i was thinking like it, it would be fun to use some kind of crazy, crazy weapon that normally can't be used, and it's like, yeah, no, no, they're all our allies in there. This is the world for utterly impractical weapons. You know, and yeah, like, you have, like, armor-piercing rounds that can travel several kilometers in a straight line and pass through everything Armor-piercing high-explosive rounds. And... And, uh, yeah, nobody really minds using them because 
Even if they do hit something, it probably won't hurt them. Unless they're an enemy, in which case that's really, really unlucky that you just happen to be in the path of this bullet. <laughs> Truly horrifying levels of collateral damage physically, but you know, to people it's fine. Hmm. And then, you know, probably in the end they end up taking out this aberrant dictator. Probably. I mean, you're doing a whole assassin versus assassin deal. So, it's pretty extreme to begin with. You know, and you can make it really, like, angsty and, and uh, flavor it in a dark way to appeal to people. I'm not sure you could flavor it in that dark of a way. I don't know, make it, make it gritty, make the main character be full of self-doubt. Be like, am I a monster too? What? Yeah. Probably, but you know, that's not the problem here. But, you know, who said being a monster is bad? <laughs> you can't be a good monster. Okay. <laughs> you just gotta be the good monster. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I think we have a story here. It's a weird one. It's pretty weird. This is what I shouldn't take, you know, inspiration from Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I mean, you definitely can, just probably not the pure fighting mode. Well, you know, how would the other modes lend themselves to, to story building? Some of the other modes have stories. Okay, well, that, we're, we're not rehashing Super Smash Brothers game plots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not rehashing the whole thing, but if you want to steal, like, 20% of it and turn it into its own story, that's... Okay, I can't say I've played enough of the other modes to know enough. There's just these creepy hands that we have to fight that I don't like. <laughs> Alright, so if you want to correct Eunice on uh, Super Smash Brothers lore, you can do that at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. Yeah, but like, I don't think there's any point. <laughs> I'm just, I just play Kirby and I run away a lot and hope that people follow me off the edge of the platform and die before I take so much damage that I die. <laughs> It's my main strategy. Oh, yes, the most effective way to play. Oh, yeah, I would like. I can. I can maybe beat like a level four computer. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah. If you like this story, uh, write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimagining.com or you know like feel free to tell me how bad I am at making political intrigue plots and how you would do it better. Um. If you want to uh, be a guest on our show, just swap out listeners with guests. Yeah, plural guests. Cause... And, uh, you know, like, rate, subscribe, recommend to your friends, and do all the things. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.